Hello, and welcome to ASUG Talks, a podcast series featuring Canon career conversations with ASUG members who lead or work on SAP teams across the United States and Canada. My name is Jim Lichtenwalter. I'm the content manager at ASUG and your ASUG Talks host. I'm really excited to be joined by a very special guest today, uh, my boss, the CEO of ASUG, Jeff Scott. Jeff, thank you so much for being here with me today. Hello, Jim. Nice to see you from across the table in a face-to-face world. I know, right? Isn't it so good to see each other face-to-face? It is. The point of this podcast, we'd like to have career, I guess retrospectives are the best, is the best word for this, about um, somebody, uh, where they started their career, where they encountered SAP and ASUG. And I think you are a particularly interesting person just because you've had so much different experiences and you've been in this space for quite a while now. And so I'd love to sort of just start off and start the beginning of your career. You make me sound like I'm 100 years old. (laughs) No, that was not my intention at all. So... Starting with sort of the beginning of your career, it sounds like a lot like a lot of my friends from college, you started on the financial sides of things. Yeah. And then you migrated over to the IT sides of things. What was that transition like? Was it something you always wanted to do or is it something that just kind of naturally came with your career progression? So back in the 1800s when I was going to college, <laughs> um, you know, I, I asked myself a really, really critical question when I was picking a major. And I said, what? What would a major look like? And what I kind of aligned to was, um, first of all, it was finance. And then, and, 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 in, all, and, and in all truth, I, was, I went to school in the, in the middle to late 80s. Uh, and around that period of time was the stock market crash of 87. And I was a finance major at the time. And when the stock market crashed, I said, well, so much for being a finance major. Um, maybe I should pick something else. And uh, so I, I chose to go to the next most exciting field, accounting. <laughs> and um, what I thought accounting would do for me, if nothing else, it would give me a strong financial background to understand how businesses really do things, right? And so much of it comes down to revenue and cost and net income and shareholder value and all those things. And and I thought the accounting uh, you know, education that I got and, and, and my degree in accounting was really influential in me understanding how to be a business person, understand how business operates, and ultimately, I think, enabled me to become a CEO because I understand the financial piece. And so uh, both of my children have decided not to pursue accounting. My <laughs> wife and I are both accountants, so it's a very interesting dinner table conversation. But, um, you know, I'm disappointed that both of them have gone through their accounting programs at their respective colleges and said, oh, this is not for me. Um, and actually complained about the coursework, and all of us have been through that. Uh, but you know that uh, opportunity to start off in accounting, I think, was fundamental and foundational mm-hmm. to to how I've appro- moved through my uh, my technology career because I've always been able to look at this through the lens of what brings business value, really understanding that. So I approach technology more through a business lens than I do an IT lens. And I, I've always had an affinity for technology. We had, uh, you know, the first computer we had in our house was an old Radio Shack TRS-80. <laughs> if anyone can even remember that and going back that far. And uh, its hard drive was a cassette tape. Uh, it had 16, I want to say kilobytes of RAM, but maybe not even that. So basically thinking about it, its, its memory capacity was less than the average picture we take on our iPhones mm-hmm. these days. I mean, you know, it wouldn't even get close to that. And you could back it up onto a, you know, and if you turned it off, everything disappeared. And so if you were writing a piece of program 
programming code. If you lost power or you turned the power off, it was gone. You back it up to cassette tape, which maybe had a 20% chance of being reloaded. Um, and so that's where's my first foray into technology. I've always loved tech. Uh, and I thought the ability to kind of marry the business side and the technology side together is, I think, really what's brought me to where I am today. Uh, and, you know, so much of what we do as technology professionals has to be rooted in this idea of what makes business sense. And that's what's been really kind of fun about it. Great. You know, that's a really nice transition in sort of the next phase of your career. You were the CIO of two different organizations and now you're the CEO of ASUG. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about a challenge or a hurdle you had to overcome during your time as a CIO and how you went about going to overcome that challenge. It's a great question. And I think what's super interesting to me is I've walked in the shoes of so many people in our ASUG community. Uh, Those challenges being, how do you do a business case? How do you present to the organization the idea of making this foundational, fundamental, big investment in technology? Uh, I've been, you know, part and parcel to lots of conversations about the cost of technology in an organi- in organizations and how do we manage that cost appropriately. Uh, I've been in conversations where the, you know, the business wants to go in a direction, one direction, and maybe IT wants to go in another. And how do you balance those out? Uh, been in conversations where we've had to purchase, you know, software applications that maybe were not my first choice but were more kind of interesting to, to my business partners. So I've walked that, that really interesting walk with so many of my friends in technology. And I think that's been a very unique aspect of my career. And to your point, as you point out, I've worked for you know, multinational organizations with hundreds of thousands of employees down to organizations with hundreds of employees. And they approach technology foundationally differently. And that's what's been really interesting to me is – you know, there are lots of different organizations of different sizes, you know, leveraging the SAP solution set. And they approach it differently depending on their size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, something about my career that I've really appreciated so much of being able to see this from so many different perspectives, which I think brings a, a really good uh, opportunity for me as the CEO of ASUG to bring that experience back to our community and, and to really help lead this community forward in the best way possible. You know, when we talk about these roles of CEO and CIO, I think that it's not controversial to say that those are two roles that have shifted a lot in the last 10 years and even in the last two years as we've seen technology evolve and become better. How would you say that you've seen those roles transition over the last, I would say, decade? I I fundamentally believe that technology is at the epicenter of everything we do. And, and you don't need to look no further than, you know, the phone in front of you, whether that be an Android device or an iPhone, uh, and figure out and think for a moment about how many times you grab that a day. You look at it for news, uh, stock, uh, email, text messages, whatever it may be. That tells me foundationally technology is at the epicenter of our lives. And we could have a very different debate about whether that's good or bad, Mm -hmm. but I'm just going to accept it for what it is. Certainly, as we move through the pandemic, the role of technology has only increased. As we become more isolated in our homes, the role of technology to help us get stuff done, right? We would not be where we are today without having, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, technologies like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet working, you know, to help us connect with one another in video or the ability to sit down and order products, food, uh, you know, whatever you need for your house and use those products to, you know, 
basically order them from your laptop and they magically appear at your doorstep. <laughs> if we didn't have those two kind of things happening over these last two years, we would be in a very different place as a society and as a global economy. And so I think technology under underpins all of that. And so that's when I think about what's changed so much in the last couple of years, it's, it's about tech, yeah. right? And it's about if I'm a CIO, it's about how do I figure out how to make those technology investments? How do I understand that I need to move with increasingly, you know, increasingly quicker, quicker footsteps to get stuff done? And as a CEO, how do I incorporate technology into how I want to service my customers, how I want to approach the market, how I want to make sure there's awareness of my products? I think all of that becomes technology based. Mm-hmm. Jeff, let's speaking of that, let, let's talk a little bit about ASUG and your experience with ASUG and SAP. I'd love to know where did SAP first enter into your career and what was that experience like? You know, I I've been around large scale packaged software for a long time. So uh SAP came front and center in my first, my second big career move when I left the state of Michigan and went to the state of Colorado and was uh, working for a large uh, protein company. And we were talking about a lot of transformation needs, things we needed to do with the business. And at the time, we were on a, a particular software package that just wasn't going to do all the features and functionality that we needed. Mm-hmm. And so we moved and started to entertain the idea of using SAP and like so many others in our community, we started off with SAP in a business unit. It, it became our software platform for a very specific part of the business. And then as we continued to scale, it moved more and more into uh, the main line of the business. And at the same time, we were doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions activities. So we as an organization were becoming larger and larger. And we hit an inflection point where we said, if we really want to be the company that we want to be, we really need to consolidate on one platform. Mm-hmm. And we went through uh, a a very you know uh, organized vetting process. We we talked to a number of different you know vendors and uh, and software providers. And if anyone's listening to this, you know they can read between the lines of who we're talking about. Uh, allowed them to kind of you know match against each other for business capabilities, global capabilities, localization, all those key issues. And ultimately, you know, we selected SAP and that was my first uh, foray uh, into SAP. And we just got deeper and deeper as time went on. And then my next career move was to do an SAP implementation. And then, you know, I came to ASUG. So I've been around SAP software for goodness, at least 15 to 20 years uh, and been around long enough to kind of see it morph and change over time. What would you say has been the biggest change that you've seen? Has you seen it change and morph over time? I think the biggest change has been we're moving rapidly out of the arena where it's it's just about, you know, back office business processes. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that fundamentally kind of, you know, condense and consolidate into an incomplete business perspective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not just about back office, it's about front office. It's about how are we engaging our customers? What does customer experience look like? How does that how does that drive into supply chain issues? How do we understand how to really make fundamental decisions about our business strategies and our go-to-market strategies and how can SAP help inform those? So, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't happen to prescribe to a notion that all SAP needs to be as a financial piece of software. I believe it can be used in in a much more you know broad based way, and I believe it can be the foundation and the you know the nervous system of most organizations. Doesn't mean it's easy. 
doesn't mean that it's just something you can implement overnight. But I think the more that we as a community rely on that to really be the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the central nervous system of what we do, I think the better value it brings. Yeah. You know, SAP has been such an interesting, for lack of a t- better word, beat for me. You know, I have a lot of journalism experience. You do have a lot of journalism, yeah. And I, I report on healthcare. I've reported on a lot of different things. And SAP diving into this ecosystem probably about a, two and a half years ago is when I first started writing about it. I was a freelancer for ASUG before I became a full-time uh, employee. Um, but it, I what I love most about it is that this software and these technologies are so integral to our members and to our customers, right? And so inherently they have an opinion about what's going on. And I love hearing about what they think, how they think it can evolve to be better. And I've also really do love just how much SAP has been dedicated to helping its customers, you know, reach certain goals. We've seen a lot of movement with them getting people to move to the cloud with rise of SAP. We've seen a big sustainability push in the last, I would say, year. So that's been fascinating for me as just someone on the outside, not not on the outside looking in, but as someone reporting on this, that's been fascinating for me to observe and watch. So as you talk about that, Jim, and you talk about your your career in journalism, I, I think what really appeals to me in that dialogue is the richness of the stories that are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can sit here and talk about lines of code and millions of lines of code and, and how do you write an ABAP program or how do you do this or that. But at the end of the day, it really all has to come down to people because, you know, we can talk about computers and tech, but it's really all of us behind the scenes that are making that work. And, and that comes down to experiences and stories and how do all of us come together to help each other grow. And when we think about the foundational tenants of ASUG, helping our members learn how to put this technology to the best use, helping them connect to one another so that they can understand, you know, what are the experiences that others have that actually, you know, enable me to not repeat their mistakes or, or to do something a little dip different. And then ultimately, how does this help grow the career? And, and to your point, what I've always found so special about the SAP ecosystem is it is a community. Mm-hmm. It is people who have not only made commitments to their careers at the organizations that they serve, but they've also made a commitment to this technology platform. They've said, hey, you know, I, I want to be part of this SAP experience. I want to do an amazing job for the organization that I work for, whether I happen to be an employee of a, a direct licensee of SAP software, or I happen to be an independent consultant or a contractor or a consultant with one of the big system implementation firms. You know, I do that, but I also believe in the ability of this software to help the world be a better place. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, ultimately for me, the, the purpose of SAP as a enterprise software application is to help the world be a better place, help us do better business processes, help us come together as a, as a larger, broader global ecosystem. You know, it really provides, you know, a necessary oil and lubrication to how the world moves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool. And I think there's a tremendous amount of stories behind that. And I love the fact that we as ASA can help celebrate the people aspect of the technology, not just the technology itself. Mm-hmm. That is such a great layup for my next question. I'd love to know, sticking with ASUG, tell me a little bit about your ASUG origin story. When did you first encounter ASUG and what were the member benefits that you as a member were, were using? Yeah, so when we first, I, I've been a member of the ASUG community for a long time. 
And my perspective on it has changed, of course, over those years. So first, you know, when we first started using SAP to a very great degree, we felt it was important to be a member of the community. And I felt at the time I was a chief information officer, it was important to give back. So attending chapter meetings, making sure that the team was going to the chapter meetings for really two purposes. One is to let people know we were out there and that we were part of the community. And, you know, if anyone needed uh, a place to call home, I mean, you know, skills and training are a huge aspect of this community. And re- one, one of the universal constants for me has always been there's never enough skilled people in the SAP community f- to fuel the demand. Mm-hmm. So from a very selfish perspective early on, it was to have a presence in the community where my organization could be there to say, hey, we're here for you if you're looking for a place to land. Secondly, what a great place to go to a chapter meeting and learn about what's going on locally. Get to know the people, get to know who's doing what, where, so you could create that network. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as as we grew, I found that not only was ASUG a great place for me to participate and contribute to the community, it was also a way for me to help with influence. So, you know, as the organization size went down for the organizations that I led, I found the ability to lean on ASUG to help be my voice back to SAP became a lot more important. And I think that is one of the great things that ASUG is. It's an aggregator of Mm -hmm. the customer voice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that requires a two-step process. agreement between both us as ASUG and our community is to raise that voice and say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation about this or that. I'd like to hear and, and, and you know put my two cents in as to how this technology is really working mm-hmm. for me. I love talking to our community members, hearing their stories, hearing what's working for them, what's not, really trying to understand how we best represent them. Mm-hmm. Similar to you, my favorite parts of my job are talking to our customers. I do a lot of customer stories, sit down with a lot of people who are implementing, whether it's S4 or Ariba, anything that's going on. And it's just fascinating to hear not only how they're leveraging the solutions, but how how they plan on using SAP in the future and like what they're striving for in the future. So that's been a cool part of my job. And, And Jim, how it helps to answer and support the business challenges Mm -hmm. that they have, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just about the technology. It's about how does this technology help drive the business outcomes that every every organization that's a member of the SAP community needs to have. I mean, it starts with saying we are an organization and we're here and we want to go there. Mm And in order to get there, we need to have this part of our technology platform do these things. Mm-hmm. I think our ability to help our, our community go from here to there is incredibly important. It's been fascinating to watch you and the leadership team navigate this unprecedented disruption to our business. I'd love to know a little bit about how what went into managing an organization during COVID-19. Like, How did you even begin mm. to approach that challenge as a leader? What a series of gut-wrenching decisions that needed to be made, right? And I think for all of us, and I I certainly as a CEO, I'm going to, you know, represent my point of view. But I think for every single one of us, that period, as you referenced back to March of 2020, we probably entered into a period of, of eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks of just no one knowing which end was up. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I found it incredibly interesting that um, you know, we left the office pretty rapidly. It was yeah. within, I think, two days that we made a dis- two or three days we made the decision to shut everything down. And I was gone for six months. 
maybe, mm-hmm. maybe nine months. I'm trying to remember when I first came back. And when I first came back into the office, it was eerie. I yep. was I was alone. Um, I was the first one back in, and it felt like everyone was here the day before. It was like some, you know, like you said, you love movies. Yeah. It felt to me like a movie where you walked in and you're like, I think there were people here yesterday, <laughs> right? And now there's no one here because, you know, things were on people's desks. Mm-hmm. And what was more eerie was, you know, like all organizations, we'd had some turnover. And so people had left the organization without, you know, coming in to get their belongings. Yeah. And so that felt that felt weird, right? It's like, well, okay, so-and-so isn't here anymore, but it looks like they are. Their pictures are still up. They're still, you know, it still looks like they were here yesterday, uh-huh. you know. Um, and so that was really weird, you know. And I went through a period of time and said, will ASUG survive this pandemic? And there was a period of time where, you know, for two, three, four weeks where I was really worried about our ability to survive. There were so many unknowns. There was so much stuff. And, you know, to your point, Jim, it was March. And in typically in March, we're in the throes of the planning for our, our annual yep. conference for Sapphire Now and ASUG annual conference. And, you know, you know, you're just every day you were hit with this next series of, oh, my God's. Right. Is that really we really we're going to cancel that? Mm -hmm. Are we serious? And you go through this whole Sarah process over and over again. Shock, anger, resentment, (laughs) acceptance and hope. Right. And you iterate that over and over again. And, uh, you know, I remember having, you know, deep conversations with our CFO about the state of the business. What could we endure financially? What could happen? And, you know, and I look back on those days with just a little bit of now with some some distance under the tires, so to speak, with a little bit of a chuckle because we've actually come out of this a stronger organization mm-hmm. than we went in. At that point in time, I wasn't sure we were going to make it because we were an organization that was so dedicated to face-to-face experiences. We didn't, And we'd always talked about, well, we really need to get away from this. Mm-hmm. You know, and lots of organizations have those chats. Well, you know, we really need to do that differently. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's working, so keep doing it. <laughs> Right. And then it wasn't. I mean, it was like a light switch. Yeah. And so much of what we did was based on face to face experiences. But in the ensuing 24 months, we've built a video studio. We've brought in brand new tech. We've learned how to harness all these different platforms. We've made platform switches. We've learned how to be a virtual organization. And that makes me incredibly proud. So we started a podcast. We started a podcast, <laughs> something we've talked about, Jim, yeah. for years. Before I was here. So I'm glad to see this finally come to fruition. And, uh, you know, so there's been, you know, in addition to saying in the early days, there was all this doubt and our employees were going through this. So it's not just about the CEO point of view when I'm trying to not only protect the business, but protect all the people that work in it. I think there's a lot of betterment happening. Uh, and I think that, you know, the, there's an age old adage, you know, for every time a door closes, another one mm-hmm. or two or three open up. And I think that the pandemic has demonstrated that as well. That, uh, you know, for many of us, not everyone, but for many of us, as doors have closed, others have opened. Mm-hmm. And it allows us to see the world through a fundamentally different lens. And I think that if, if there's anything about the pandemic that I'm grateful for, it's, I'm grateful for the fact that we can see things through a different lens. And yeah, that can be scary. Yes, that can be full of unknowns. Yes, we don't know which way it's up. And, you know, again, coming back to we're, we're paid to, to take risk out. We're paid as, as technology, you know, leaders and participants and, you know, systems can't go down. 
uh, everything has to be running all the time. We have to we have to factor out every ver- every variable and make sure that everything is impervious to any change. And that's mm-hmm. just not the way life is. And so to have that shaken up a little bit and have us realize that we don't always have all the answers. We have to figure out how we move forward in in an arena where there is not clear answers. Mm-hmm. You know, not happy, not a happy place, but an okay place. Yeah. And we've gotten through it. And I think that's why I see this as a ultimately positive and op, you know an optimistic lens. Is I think we as ASUG, we as an SAP community have gotten through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what happens over the next years to come. We can learn how to live with, you know, whatever COVID is and becomes. Uh, we can learn how to come back together again and have face-to-face interactions, mm-hmm. enjoy each other's presence, enjoy each other's laughter. You know, I think one of the things that I've missed so much is it's impossible in these virtual platforms to have the same level of connection that you can get at an event where there are 100 people or 500 or 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ability to see someone say, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in years. Yeah. Jim, what an amazing opportunity to look you in the face and just ask a very simple question. How you doing? <laughs> right? I'm great. I think, that's, I think that's what it's all about. <laughs> and to me, that's what I'm excited about as we come back into bringing face-to-face events back this year. Mm-hmm. Just that simple. How you doing? Yeah. Good to see you. I didn't realize I haven't talked to you in two yeah. years. What's been going on in your world? I think those that's what the community is about. Agreed. Jeff, one last thing I wanted to touch on before I let you go. I had a mentor who always said, there's a lesson in every experience you have. What would you say for you from a career perspective has been the lesson from COVID-19? I think it's, you know, take it all in stride, take a deep breath, and know that it will ultimately be okay. You know, don't, don't, don't freak out unnecessarily, you know, recognize that, yeah, there's a lot, it's, it's okay not to have every single answer and, Mm -hmm. and, and the journey will be shown to you over time if you're patient. Yeah. If you're patient, the, the road will become clear. The fog will lift, the road will appear and you will figure out how to move forward. Great. Jeff, thank you so much. It was great chatting with you today. Be sure to join me for the next episode of ASUG Talks in two weeks. And remember to generously share these compelling conversations with other ASUG members, your professional community, and industry networks. If you are listening to this on ASUG.com, don't forget that you can also listen and subscribe to ASUG Talks on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.